We're going to see a passage of Scripture that you and I have looked at in the past. We're going to see a an interaction between Jesus and a woman. And if the uh, sermon is bad, it's not because God did not give me a word for this morning. It is because of the van skateboarder shoes that I shouldn't have on that I do. <laughs> if it's good, you probably won't see them again. If it's bad, you definitely won't see them again. But uh, John chapter 4, no more jokes, let's uh, see if God will speak to us as he has spoken from his word and in his and through his word to me this past week. John chapter 4, starting in verse 7, we see Jesus meet a woman. John 4, 7 and following states this. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself. As did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water, and I'm sure that he is pointing at that well, but everyone who drinks of this water, they'll be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come to to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You're right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one that you have um, is not your husband. The one that you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem it is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now it is here when the true worshipers will worship, will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. 
God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then, his disciples came back. They marveled at what that he was talking with a woman. But one said, excuse me, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with them? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. See a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, as we look at this passage and as we see this over the next few moments, every single one of us in this place needs to hear from you. Father, whether we might find ourselves far away from you or we might be so close to you, we need to hear from you. So I pray that you would speak through your word to us, your people, to us who are in this room this morning. God, you would speak for we need to hear from you. God, I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Last Monday night, I uh, it was the night of the championship and uh, college football championship and I told the men down at the Warrior Center that I would bring them some pizza and I would come down there I'd have a Bible study and um, we would meet and then I'd watch part of the game before um, I left and because it was the week of D now and I had all kinds of loose ends to um, try to figure out how I was going to do I failed to prepare something for us to talk about and so on the way down I was like you know what Yesterday was a good word. Why not just have some leftovers? Now, if you ever find yourself at a speaking engagement and the first time you speak, it was great, it's okay to have leftovers. But you've got to make sure that it was good. Because bad leftovers, if they weren't good the first time, they're definitely not going to be good the second time. I believe that last Sunday, God used the message and the passage in my life previous weeks preparing me for that, that I could use it a second time. And so I did. And here's what happened. We went through John chapter 2, and we read those first 11 verses like we did here last Sunday. And here's what I said. I said, what did Jesus do? And those guys started telling me what Jesus did. They answered it once, and I said, okay, what did Jesus do? And they answered something else a second time. I said, okay, what did Jesus do? They answered it a third time, and I said, okay, what did Jesus do? And they said, are we getting it wrong? I said, no, you're not getting it wrong, but you need to understand just because you came up with a great answer right at first, he did a lot more. And so I kept asking, I asked him 14 times, asking him 15 times, 
What did Jesus do? And every single time, they answered something different, and it was exactly what he did. You say, Brian, why are you introducing that with here in this message? Because you've heard, more than likely, you have heard this story. You have heard it multiple times, and you say, what did Jesus do? And you say, he sat at the well, he drank some water, he talked to this woman, and we move on to the next passage because he did something else in the next passage. But you cannot just read his word very nonchalantly and say, okay, what did he do? And all right, I picked out one, I picked out two, and let's go to the next passage because you will miss treasure after treasure after treasure that he has for you that he has for me. And so as we look at this transformed life, you and I need to understand, first and foremost, we need to look at Jesus. I am not in the moments allowed for me this morning. I am not going to just ask you, what did he do, what did he do, what did he do? Because he did a ton of things. But I want to draw out four of them for us this morning, very briefly, as we see and we look at Jesus. So what did Jesus do? First thing that I want us to draw out what he did is he asked for something. He's sitting there and a lady comes up. It's not the right time for a lady to draw water. And so she is drawing water, and as she is drawing water, he asked her a question, and he asked for something from her. He said, give me a drink. And in our culture and in our day, it's, it's kind of weird, but it's not law-breaking by any stretch of the imagination. But in his day, you did not do that. You didn't do it for multiple reasons. You didn't do it because, number one, you are a male and she is a female. And male and female folks who didn't know each other that are strangers to each other, they did not speak, let alone, they they didn't make eye contact with each other. But even worse than that, or even greater than that, was that he was a Jew and he knew where he was. He was in the land of Samaria. And Jews and Samaritans, whether they were of the same sex or they were of different sex, they did not speak to each other. They didn't acknowledge each other because they hated each other. And Jesus speaks to this lady and he says to her, hey, give me some water. She says, not a big deal. It is a big deal. Before I answer that, let's see what else he did. Not only did Jesus ask her for something, but Jesus offered her something. He asked for water, and then he said, Hey, if you knew who I was and who was asking you, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. So he asked for something, but also in him asking for something, he also offers something, and it is a great something. It is an, uh, an overwhelming something he said i want something to drink but if you knew who i was you you would ask me and i would give you something living water and a person that drinks of that water would never thirst again y'all probably don't watch tv like i do but i I watch tv and 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 I have to sometimes watch a commercial. And there is a commercial that is running now for a, a certain type of medicine. 
they're not paying me to state their name. If they were, I'd tell you what the medicine is. But because they're not, we're just going to say it's a certain medicine. And the commercial starts off with a woman and a set of chopsticks and one piece of broccoli. And, and, and it says over the screen, it says, hey, if one piece of broccoli would cure you from cancer, wouldn't that be great or something like that? And then there's this guy who is doing, he's in, an, he's in a gym and he does one push-up. If one push-up would cure you from heart disease. If one sit-up, it's in the commercial, but if one sit-up would cure us from over, being overweight, wouldn't that be awesome? And then they say, those things might not. One stalk of broccoli, one push-up. But there is this medicine, one dose, and it will cure you from this certain type of pneumonia. If you drink one drink, of this living water that I would give you, Jesus says, you would never thirst again. Jesus asks something. Jesus offers something. But you and I, as we're looking at this, Jesus knows something. Jesus knows something about this woman that it just baffles her. Jesus knows something about this woman. He knows her inter, innermost secret item. He said, hey, go get your husband, come back, and we'll talk. And she says, uh, Jesus, I, I, don't, I don't have a husband. And he said, you know what? What you say is true. For you've had five husbands. One, two, three, four, five husbands. And the one that you're with right now, he's not your husband. Jesus never met her. Jesus just comes up to the well. She comes up to the well, and they start a conversation. He says, hey, let me tell you your deepest, darkest secret, because I know it. How would you like that conversation? Face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, Jesus sits down and says, hey, Brian Tillman, and just spits out the deepest, darkest secret. I'd be backtracking. I'd be, Ooh, I think I'll come to the well at a different time. A different day, I do not want to go there. And that's exactly what she did. She changed the subject. She tried to get it off of her, and she tried to go to religion. She tried to go to, hey, a Messiah's coming. Something, just get the radar, get the beam off of me, and get it on something and somebody else. But Jesus knows something. Fourth thing about Jesus in this passage. Jesus has so much more. He has so much more for you. He has so much more for this woman. He has so much more for me than you and I or that woman knows. Four things as we look at Jesus. He asks something. He offers something. He knows something. And he has so much more than you and I know. So quickly, let me try to answer and apply to you and to me about these things that Jesus asks, Jesus offers, knows, and has more for. Has Jesus asked you for anything? Think about that. He asked that lady for something. He asked that woman at the well for something. And he has asked you for something. 
He asks you for something that's easy for you to give up, and you just give it up. It's easy for you to give it up, and it's like, okay, Lord, here it is. I really didn't like it anyway. I really didn't want it anyway, so there it is. It's for you. But then, if he asks something that's a little harder, you just want to, you just want to grab a hold of that and just hold on to it and say, let's, let's take that off the table, Lord. I don't know if I want to give that up. What's he asking from you? I believe at different times in my life, in different moments, in different opportunities, Jesus has asked for things of great magnitude, and Jesus has asked for things that are small and minute. But Jesus asked you. Sir, he asked something of you. He asked something of you, ma'am. He asked something of us. And if you can't hear him asking, it's because of all the stuff that's going on in your life. But he is asking, just as he asked this woman at the well for something, he is asking for you for something. But Jesus also has an offer. So what's the offer? Jesus' offer was not only for the woman, But his offer was for you as well. And that offer was living water. That offer was for her to quench her thirst. Because she was thirsty. We'll talk about her in just a second. But she was thirsty. Jesus knows something about you. Just like he knew her inner secrets. He knows your inner secrets. Just like he knew her thoughts. He knows your thoughts. He knows your actions. He knew her action. In his knowledge, it, is, it covers the spectrum of your life and of my life. And he knows. And even in his knowledge, he says, I have so much more for you, Brian. I have so much more for you, River Bend. If you would just receive the offer. Got to move on. Let's look at the woman. Let's look at the woman real quick. Take a look at this woman. She does a, a number of different things. First, she breaks every law by speaking, by interacting with him. We've talked about that. But here's what we haven't, and here's where you might find yourself. Here's where I find myself sometimes. She thinks she knows it all. She does. She thinks that she's got it all figured out. And hey, you Jews are down in Jerusalem. We're right up here on this top of this mountain. And we worship the same God. We worship it here. Y'all worship it there. And Jesus is like, uh, lady, you don't have it all figured out. Uh, Brian, you don't have it all figured out. It's not just a, 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 a gradual climb on a smooth, asphalt-covered road that you're calling this thing called life. You don't have it all figured out. This lady, she thought she had it all figured out, but if truth be just uncovered right here, loneliest woman in the town. Loneliest woman in the town. She 
she has tried to fill a void that's in herself, that's in her body, with everything. Man number one did not fill this void. Man number two didn't fill this void. Man number three, man number four, man number five did not fill the void. She is seeking and searching to fill this void with anyone and everyone around. And Jesus has just penetrated her soul. What are you trying to fill the void with? What activity are you trying to fill the void with? What aspect of your life are you trying to fill this God-sized void with? Because whatever it is, it will come up lacking. One commentator stated it this way, the, the paradox, the strange paradox of this situation, it lays in this, that the woman whose life was so empty was the woman who had sought to gratify every whim, every desire of her heart. And she is so empty. And you are so empty. And I am so empty. When we seek after the things that this world has to offer, all the promises, all the guarantees, they're so lacking. I'm so thankful that the story doesn't end there but the story ends with this woman receiving Christ go and get your husband well I don't have a husband she leaves in verse 27 and 28 she leaves the jar of water there she leaves and she goes into the town and she says hey come and see this man who told me all that I've ever done can this be the Christ She comes back, verse 39, many believed because of what she said, but then he stays there for a couple of days, verse 43, and many believed, not because of what she said, not because of what happened to her, but because of what happened to them, because they sat at his feet as well. The woman goes and tells everybody. So what's the application as we come to a close because you and I need to personalize it. Because that story isn't in John for some 2,000 years just to tell about a woman on the side of a mountain in northern Israel. That story was written because you, because of me, find ourselves taking crazy, illogical, even though we think they are logical, cuts and darts and shortcuts in life to try to fill our lives with water that never satisfies. And all the while, Jesus says, hey, if you knew who it was that you're talking to, and you talk to him, and I talk to him, but oftentimes our talking to him is, hey, Lord, help me out in this. I have gotten myself in a bind. Help me out here. He says, if you just knew who I was, if you knew who it was that you were talking to, you would ask him for living water, and I'll give you living water, and you will never thirst again. I understand this is not Greek class, and I don't want to make it Greek class, but that verb right there is needed. You need to understand it. 
If you asked me for water, I would give you water. I would give you living water. And if you took of that water, you would never thirst again. That verb is a future active indicative. It means absolutely nothing to you. I know. But here's what it means. Future. We know what future is. It's, It's out that way. Active means that it's not stationary, it's not point, it's not punctual, it is ongoing. So if you and I would take a drink of this water, out in the future, we keep doing that, and indicative is you and me doing it, not somebody else doing it upon us. So out in the future, we take this drink right now, out in the future, we're not thirsty because we're still in it, day upon day. Week upon week, life upon month upon month, life as we see it. You're like, all right, Brian, I'm still not tracking with you. I understand. Y'all got more sleep than I did this week. Come on. Just kidding. In this word, he shares about himself, and he is the living water. In this word, youth, in this word, parents, he shares about himself. He says, if you partake of this... Out in the future, and you stay in this day after day after day, I'm telling you, you'll never thirst again. You're going to try to fill your life, your 70-plus years, Brian. You're going to try to fill it. Folks, you're going to try to fill it with all kinds of stuff. But if you would just stay right here in this Word, if you would just fill yourself with me, I promise you, you would be satisfied. All your needs, all your wants would come right here if you would just stay right here. And the woman had an aha moment. She said, let me go tell everybody about this. Because if you and I had an aha moment, we would understand who it is and what it is he's offering. And you would want everybody in your Rolodex, on your phone, everybody you come across, we would want everybody to know about him because he is that good. And he has so much more. So much more. Yet so often we find ourselves every single morning taking a pail and going to a well and getting some stagnant water for the day. Instead of living springs. May it not happen. May it not happen in my life ever again. May it not happen in our youth ever again. May it not happen in your life ever again. That you and I would trade fresh, living, satisfying water for the things that this world has to offer. Heavenly Father, I bow before you. God, I pray. Father, I pray that in my sleep-deprived state that what was spoken was clear, that you spoke. You spoke to these that are here this morning and what you have to offer for us, what you have to offer to us, your son. God, I pray that uh, we would leave this place, this address today, we would leave the 
determined to drink from you. That we would take your offer. We would take your offer today. We would take your offer tomorrow. We would continue to take your offer. And our heart and our desire would be you. God, you continue to move. God, you continue to draw us close to you. God, you continue to rule and reign over this body, your bride here at River Bend. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You stand.